Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never wanna add to your already long to-do list. We just wanna help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Hey there, everybody. We're so glad you have joined us today as we continue our All the Feel series. This is Julie Richard, and I'm here with Emily. Hi. And Emily, um, I really had to beg her to do this series with me. All the feels. I might have a few feelings. I'd love to talk about it. Yeah, it's well, it's pretty relevant. So yeah. yeah well, so. and just for us to talk about how <laughs> you and I both have navigated my feelings my whole life. Well, and how as at 53, I'm still learning about my own feelings and therefore how I would have done many things differently, but I did the best I could with you know, what I knew at the time. And now I'm learning more every day, hoping other people can, you know, which speaking of, I planned this ahead of time and didn't tell my mom about it. (laughs) Well, I'm nervous already. (laughs) No, mom, I wanted to take this opportunity at the top of this podcast to apologize for not understanding the value of an empty sink in the kitchen. (laughs) What on earth made you think of that? I have reached the point in my life at 27 years old where I have to have an empty sink, not only at the end of the day, but throughout the whole day. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just did not understand. And it was like pulling teeth until I left for you to get me to... But I'm curious. Put dishes in the dishwasher. I'm curious if that is everybody or if that is our family. Obviously, my mom is very similar. So is that a learned, you know, um, not a skill. Well, I guess it's a skill to empty it. But is that something that bothers you because it bothered me? I, I, I don't think so because it just, but probably. I don't know. But also cleanliness and order, like that's... I don't know. You know That's what we're universal. gonna do? We're gonna put like a, what do you? Ooh, a poll. A poll, yes, on Instagram, and we'll see. That is an yeah. interesting. Well, Emily, thank you for yes. um, taking the time to apologize. You're welcome. Yeah, I have also to... I will thank you that yeah. I'm like a really good dishwasher loader, like efficient while still allowing space for water to hit all the dishes, which I've also learned is not a universal skill. Well, Emily, look at that. 27, you're learning new stuff every day. 53, I'm learning new stuff every day. We're learning together. It's fun. It is definitely fun. That's excellent. Well, today we are going to talk about fear. Super exciting, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And really, fear is, uh, we want to normalize it because Mm -hmm. everyone, and it is not something we say often in Fearless Mom, the goal, you're never going to get to the point where you are without fear. Right. You just don't let fear drive your decisions. We see the fear. We name the fear. We say that fear may not go anywhere, but I can parent toward a vision instead of away from a fear. And um, I think once we realize that instead of fighting the fear and being mad at ourselves for still feeling fearful, we can actually address a healthy and productive way to respond to fear. And our kids just 
learn from our overflow. We'll certainly talk about ways that we can arm our kids with our vocabulary and some definite skills. But I think our acknowledging, you know, our own uh, predisposition. Emily, what do you, I say, because this series, all the fields, we're using cognitive behavioral parenting, which is a fearless mom term, cognitive behavioral which parenting. Which is like my favorite thing ever. Um, and that is proactive strategies to help children understand their thoughts and feelings and how those thoughts and feelings affect their actions. So right. we're just teaching them as early as possible the connection between thoughts, yes. feelings, and actions. Right. Which is... Connecting a, those dots. Yes. Right. So cognitive behavioral therapy is used, and now they're using it as early as preschool to treat or help kids who are struggling with various mental struggles and emotional struggles. So we're going to try to arm them on the front mm -hmm. end so we can't you know, guarantee that our kids will never struggle with anxiety or depression or um, other emotional struggles, but we can arm them with tools absolutely, to minimize the impact um, that those may have on their lives. And our theme verse, pay careful attention to your own work for then you'll get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else for we are each responsible for our own actions. We want to empower our kids to embrace the responsibility to recognize their that connection between thoughts feelings and behavior so we want to help them um you know uh, identify process express and cope with whatever feeling they may have and as i was saying this series all the feels we're really focusing on three what we called well what i called the scientific term icky feelings <laughs> because we don't want positive or negative feelings we don't want to use that vocabulary right. all feelings are neutral they're uh, feelings, even if they're, I, I like to say unfun feelings, unfun, unfun feelings. It's not, there's not something wrong about feeling them. It's not like, oh, if I had done this, 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 and this, then I wouldn't have put myself in this situation to feel afraid, angry, or anxious or whatever. Um, it's like, oh no, looking at it without judgment. We and look at it with curiosity and compassion. Yes, yeah. I feel this. And if you can imagine when you're talking about those feelings, put it on the table, mm -hmm. literally look at it with curiosity. And yeah, in order to literally look at it, I have to write it down there and say go. like the sentence I'm because I like to stiff arm my feelings and just let them like boil and fester. And it's so fun for everyone around me. So fun. <laughs> but stiff arming. And that's what we say a yeah. lot. We don't want to fight the fear. Right. We but, want to fight the fear of fear. Ooh, I like that. But saying like, I feel afraid or I felt afraid and being able to literally look at it, not just in the abstract. Again, going back to one of our values, this is a shame-free, judgment-free, guilt-free zone. Mm -hmm. And we bring that value to um, evaluating our feelings. And yeah. so we're going to dive in uh, with our cognitive behavioral parenting and if you I, I always think back to jacks mcwilliams yes jacks mcwilliams his um dad is on staff at our church and he is just a cutie now he is older. he's like a miniature he was a miniature teenager when he was three and now he's a miniature like 45 year old he man he is the oldest of four children right which so sets he, you up for right, that right but he's that's and his personality so anyway. he is precious but when he was younger it was easter weekend and he um got something stuck up his nose <laughs> and so and at that time joy was pregnant his mom was pregnant and right. so and chase was working up here 
trying to get Easter services ready. And so Deanne, who is also on our staff, she is super close to their family. And so she said... They call her Dee Dee. They call her Dee Dee. So, you know, Dee Dee, will you take him to the ER to get it removed from his <laughs> Casual. Nose? Yeah. yeah. And um, it was a bead. So he could breathe, by the way. But um, anyway, so she takes him and gets in the car and they go and... Uh, when they get there, the doctor says, you know, he really needs to go to an ENT because they'll have the tools to remove it from the nose. So she gets him in the car, and I'm, I'm guessing he was, let's see if she was pregnant with Violet. So he was about four or five at the time. And so uh, then she starts talking to Jax. Jax, how are you feeling? Are you feeling nervous? Are you feeling afraid, you know? And, uh, and he said he, he was fine. He was fine. And then finally he said, you know what? Dee Dee, I am feeling um, nervous. I am scared. And she said, that's totally okay to be scared. Um, she said, uh, did you know that you can be scared and brave at the same time? So good. Isn't that brilliant? And he said, what? <laughs> and she said, yeah, you can be scared and feel brave at the it same time. It blew his four-year-old Yes. Mind. And so it was so so great because as I was talking to her later I go to be honest you have to be scared first to be brave right there's no need there, for bravery there's no brave yeah. if you aren't scared first and so um anyway the mom ended up joy ended up isn't there her. like a quote about courage and fear yes that I will not why, why I will you, totally butcher yeah, it why don't you look that up while <laughs> okay. I'm telling and so um uh you'll be happy to know that the bead was successfully removed before Easter services and he was brave throughout the whole process. But brave is what we want to empower our kids to be brave, resilient. It's not necessarily never being afraid. That's not realistic. And so what we say is you're going to feel afraid. We want to normalize fear. Sure, that's totally normal to feel that way. But how do you respond to fear? You can be brave and afraid at the same time. And so can your child. The definition of brave having or showing mental or moral strength in face of danger, fear, or difficulty. And we want to empower them with fear is normal, but you can choose brave. Yes. And first of all, I found the quote. It's Nelson Mandela. Also, when I typed in courage, mom, the first thing that popped up was courage, the cowardly dog. <laughs> we used to listen to books on we tape in we the car. Did. We did, yeah, not even like no, CD. like a, like a, a tape <laughs> from a tape. from the library yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh! But um, courage is not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And I think as a mom, I can't stand. Actually, if you ask Mac what his he what he hates more than anything is the thought of one of his children being afraid right and that is obviously something we want to try to avoid but it's not realistic to avoid it so what instead of trying to create a world in which my child is never afraid I'm going to acknowledge my child is going to feel afraid now how can I arm him how can I arm her it's a perfect example of prepare your child for the path and not your path for the child you bet and the path for your child. I think we talk about anxiety so much and we use big vocabulary about anxiety. And I want to, we're going to talk about fear, normal mm -hmm. fear. But if you look at the continuum, fear 
as it lives longer becomes worry and worry as it lives longer becomes anxiety. If you mm-hmm. look at it as a continuum mm-hmm. here and I we're, like we're going to address really those everyday fears, but I'm going to give you some resources you know, we love raising boys and girls. Oh my goodness, yes. We love their podcast. We love their Instagram. We love all things raising boys and girls. They're incredible and they address this topic a lot. And they have some incredible resources for families. So if you have girls, then Sissy Goff, her book, Raising Worry Free Girls, that's for parents. And then she's written Braver, Smarter, Stronger as well as the book Brave. Those are for girls and for teens. And then David Thomas in June, he's coming out with um, a couple of books that are the guy counterpart. And so Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, I've already pre-ordered mine, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, and that's for parents, and then the Strong and Smart book for boys. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think resources, they are going to go into more detail. And they do a lot with breaking things down for different developmental stages. But let me tell you, as a 27-year-old with a fully developed brain, according to science, um, (laughs) I think we should put an asterisk by that. Just kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, thanks, Mom. (laughs) Sorry, but that was funny. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I made You set me up. I did. I made, I get partial credit for the joke. It was an assist. Yes. I set you up. Yes. Um, But it's just really, again, I can't, this is what I love about crashing the fearless mom party is like, I, there's so much that I can take for myself and like, yes, I'm making notes for, you know, planning to have children in the future, but even more so than that, it's really timely information that I can apply to myself and to just interpersonal peer relationships. Oh gosh, I, I think their books are extremely practical and relevant for every age. Um, I do think it's important to acknowledge that fear is a part of life. Right. That some people naturally drift toward fear, which would be myself. Fear and panic is my reflex to just about anything, <laughs> which is probably why I had the passion to start Fearless Mom. So yes. the little Romans 828. But it's important that everyone understand our posture in parenting is one, well, our goal, how about that? There should be one, um, ideally is one of faith and trust. Right. And so we know that fear and panic are there. We see it, we name it, but moving forward, we move forward with faith and trust. Which actually, again, just like Brave... Fear is sometimes required for faith and trust to be needed. And so it's really just letting faith and trust become bigger than the fear. We talk a lot about emotional vocabulary and we encourage everybody to go get our resource, to go grab other resources um, when it comes to helping kids uh, use emotional um, vocabulary to identify their feelings and to talk about them when feelings are neutral. So Mm -hmm. at dinner, we're talking about what would you do if you felt this, arming them um, before they feel the feeling, or maybe talking about it, you know, post, uh, after, you know, how could you have handled that, you know, differently. But I want to be clear about our definition, our working definition of fear, because like I said, anxiety is such a big word that we all use today and kids are using it. Um, Our definition is an unpleasant, often strong, feeling caused by anticipation or awareness of danger so sometimes you want fear I want my kids I remember when y'all were young especially growing up in Austin when y'all were teenagers I wanted you to be to be afraid of the motor on a boat 
if right. you were going to be wakeboarding or wake surfing or skiing with friends, I wanted a healthy fear, a respect for the motor. When you were younger, I wanted a fear of running across the parking lot. Right. I wanted, there are some fears that are healthy. There is ba- fear is a part of our design. Yes, we are designed to pro- as part of our protection. You yeah. Know? So it's an unpleasant feeling. We don't like feeling it. It's right. what did you call an unfun? Unfun doesn't mean wrong. Unfun feeling, right, caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. Now, if we can, you know, people like me who have um, a worry wheel in mm-hmm. their brains. All Tell the time. us about your worry wheel, Mom. I have an imaginary hamster named <laughs> Wilhelmina. And Wilhelmina, I can't, I literally, Wilhelmina will get on the worry wheel. In, and by literally, she means figuratively. Uh, right. It, wait, what did I say? Oh, I literally have a. Yeah. You said literally, Wilhelmina will get on the okay, worry wheel. Right. In my head, I picture Wilhelmina on the worry wheel. And she starts running and she will not get off the worry wheel. Mm -hmm. And I'm running down every scenario. I can't go to bed. I can't, you know, think of anything Mm -hmm. peaceful. I am just worrying about whatever. And I have to tell Wilhelmina, get off the worry wheel. I now recognize it after practicing mindfulness and reading and studying. And I'll say, Wilhelmina, get off the worry wheel. We'll come back to that. And it's one of those things that, um, mom, we often talk about um, the strong-willed blessings, not changing them, but channeling it. Yes. Um, I feel the same way about worry. Like your ability to think about every possible scenario just has to be channeled, not right. changed. Like yes. it is the reason you're able to plan so thoroughly for any and every situation. It is, and you know it what? also God uses it. Yeah, it's the flip side good. of the coin. Any, it is. You're any right. trait can be a strength or weakness in a different degree or context. Where'd you hear that, Emily? Mm-hmm. This so true. Yeah. So when we talk about fear, and we talk about anxiety, and we talk about worry, we have to be very careful when we're talking in front of our children or to our children. Right. We don't want to say things like, "Honey, it's okay." To our five-year-old, you're having a panic attack. Oh my gosh. Or it's okay. You have social anxiety. We're going to work on that. Right. Even if they have received the diagnosis, I think you work with the counselor to say, "What vocabulary can I use with my child that is helpful and productive?" Right. And uh, many teenagers are googling it, looking it up they've self-diagnosed i just want to um remind you that we we get to control the vocabulary we use around our kids and we want to be very intentional with it i'm not afraid of using diagnoses right sometimes it's real yeah but i don't want to over diagnose or overstate the case and further and uh to overly reinforce because like it can be true and it still may not need to be given more oxygen right and then you know it also takes away from the real diagnosis sometimes the the weightiness of a real phobia yes you know where it is debilitating and i've just used the word phobia flippantly so we just want to be careful and we're talking about everyday fears and we're going to walk through the emote control process that we use for all of our um you know all the feels all the feels feelings is that what yeah I, was gonna say? I feel yeah. good about it so validate separate educate evaluate because the, all the feels feelings were ta- we've talked about unfun feelings yes unfun so we start with validating the fear 
validating. I see that you're fearful. I see that you're uncertain. It looks like you're feeling nervous. I understand. Now, we don't want to put fear on them if they're not feeling it. Are you afraid? Do you not want to go? We see that all the time at church when oh my gosh, yes. people are dropping off their preschoolers and the preschooler is thrilled to run into the classroom that has a Thomas the Tank Engine and all the toys and coloring sheets and all that. And the mom's and going, smiling middle school helpers. Yes. And then the mom's like, are you afraid? Do you, are you sure you're going to be okay? It's okay if you're nervous. And we're like, whoa, settle well, down. And mom. then the preschooler's like, wait, I should be afraid if yeah. my mom is asking so me we, if I'm afraid. We want to be careful. We're going to pray for wisdom and discernment and we're going to respond to them. We're not going to put feelings on them. Again, that's the value of using the feelings chart when no feeling is being felt. Um, okay, so then we want to validate, but we don't want to accommodate. That's really significant with fear. Um, you're, if you see a child maybe feeling nervous about a dog or a puppy, you pick the child up. It's okay. It's okay. And what you're really trying to do is soothe them, but you've really reinforced the fact that, it, you know, you should be afraid of that dog. Now, wisdom and discernment, we're going to take baby steps if the child truly is fearful. It can communicate you should be deathly afraid of that dog. Right. And that, again, healthy fear is a matter of degree. But overcoming fear requires exposure to what is feared. Yeah. We just have to do it in a wise and intentional way. It's baby steps if you're truly trying to overcome right. a fear. And, but we don't want to dismiss. We don't want to accommodate, but we don't want to dismiss the fear. Don't laugh, make fun, or tell stories, or put a post on social media, you know, the video of your child being scared. Or use language like, are you joking me? You're scared of that? You should not be afraid of that. Huh. We don't want to talk <laughs> our kids out. Emily, go ahead. I know you have something to say there. Well, that might have... Listen, we overcame it, mm -hmm. but that might have been a part of my childhood. It might my have been. Really more my tweendom. <laughs> yeah. When I was a child, that was not a thing. Well, I would look at it like, well, you should not be afraid of that. <laughs> do, right. not be, do not be afraid of that. Well, that it was like if you... to be afraid of like, uh-oh, well, the fear was already there. Yes. I was so irrationally afraid of snakes in the middle of Lake Travis. Like in the center. <laughs> oh, that's true. Literally the lake, not Lake Travis, the area. No, right. But you had, the yes, you always thought so. Ooh. That is true. If she went in the I'm water. Fine. But what I should have said is, oh, I see that you're fearful. It's okay. All right. Let's make a plan. What if you do see a snake? Uh -huh. Let's walk through Instead, it. Instead, it was like, if dad hears you, he's going to throw you in the water, which, which was true. It's <laughs> possible that that's how you would have handled that. Welcome fear. to our therapy session, everyone. If you, let's, if you um, see that your child is fearful of something, a snake, a dog, yeah. whatever it is, monsters at night. Even a snake that isn't there. Yeah. Ask yourself a couple of questions. Um, is your child's fear or behavior typical for your child's age? being afraid of the dark, being afraid of monsters, strangers. It's so, it's a good bet that your child will outgrow them um, with support, with the appropriate support from trusted adults, as long as you don't accommodate or cater to them mm -hmm. or dismiss. And then um, does the fear seem unreasonable in relation to the reality of the situation? Could it be a sign of a more serious problem? I think this is where we talk to pediatricians, we talk to counselors, school counselors, talk to your, uh, if your child is in preschool, your child's preschool teacher will have exposure to other preschoolers. Right. Can help you um, understand if that's, uh, quote, normal or age appropriate. And 
I, I'm always like, look, if you're curious, go to a counselor. It, it, what's the harm? There's no harm there. It's gathering so, information. Gathering information. So validate, separate. And what we want to do, we want to separate from the emotion from the behavior. Again, it's going back to that cognitive behavioral um, parenting where we see the thought, we see the feeling, we get to know those, and then we empower our kid to choose the action or the behavior. So study your child and look for patterns of behavior. Some kids who are anxious or fearful may, it, it all looks different depending totally. on the child. So they may become clingy. In the same way, they can become impulsive, distracted, maybe nervous movements or temporary twitches. I'm going to read this list. Sweaty hands, problems going to sleep or staying asleep, accelerated heart rate or breathing, nausea, headaches, stomach aches. I add this one because this was my experience mm -hmm. and I didn't notice it or recognize it until Joe was older. Um, I'm not saying that if your child is chronically nauseous or has headaches or has stomach aches, that it is from an emotional struggle. But I'm saying that we recognize there can be an emotional Joe, struggle. Yeah, he was anxious and nervous about a football coach, and um, this coach we knew other people were quitting the team, but we'd stayed with it. And anyway, long story short, we finally figured out that Joseph's headaches and his throwing up were simply in anticipation. He didn't even recognize it. Right. But we, after seeing a pattern and after having a friend, this is why community is so important. Deb Woodard said her son was also on the team. Julie, I think I know we had taken Joe to the pediatrician. They were running tests. He had missed school. And she said, Julie, I know why Joe is yeah. sick. She could see, she was more objective, could see from the outside looking in. And she said, let's look at every day when he has a headache, every day when he's felt nauseous. Usually it's a day we have practice. And so the minute we talked to him about it and he said, um, uh, what we said was, I said, Joe, I think dad and I, we think we figured out why you have been feeling sick. And I said, I think that it's because of your coach. I think that on the inside, you want to please him and you want to obey. But then also there is another part of you that knows that he is making other boys feel bad. He's mean. He's telling y'all to not tell your parents. And so I think it's a tug of war in your stomach. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's making you sick. Yeah. And lo and behold, that's what it was. And we ended up quitting you know that's what I was going to say it was also at a developmental stage where he didn't need to like the, what he needed to overcome there and learn and develop there was the acknowledgement of the feelings right you didn't like walk him through confronting his 45 right, year old coach right, right, at right. the age of 12 and right. all of that and we were at the very end of the season and Mac called the coach um, it was appropriate at that point for right. Mac to call the coach. Usually we encourage our kids to have their own relationship with the coach or the teacher, but it was appropriate. And, and Mac didn't even get into it. He just said, you know, we uh, are trying to figure out why he's been sick. The coach had known because he had mispractices. And so we're going to sit out the rest of the season. And it was, it was pretty much at the end of the season. The coach was kind and understood. All that is to say, I felt totally guilty. How did I not see that? We felt like we were asking questions. But at the same time, I said, okay, Joe, you know what you learned about yourself? 
when you feel nauseous, when you have a headache, you need to ask yourself, am I anxious? Am I nervous? Am I worried about something? And so, um, but that was huge for us. So I always put that in there because I, I do believe that fear and worry often manifest in stomach aches, headaches, things like that. It certainly happened in our family. So we study our child, look for patterns. Um, oftentimes, you just asking your kid to tell about their day, to tell about using the feelings chart, giving opportunities to talk about if you were worried, what's something that would worry you, hypothetical situations in a healthy way with support from a trusted adult. Sometimes just saying it out loud is all that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And that is very helpful. But you pray for wisdom. James 1, 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. God grants wisdom and common sense. So surround yourself with friends. That was super important for me at that time with um, friends who have common sense. So you validate, you separate, and then educate. Help your kids get curious about their fear. Educate your child and teach them how to process and respond to fear. So teach your child to get curious. Use the the cycle, the CBP, what are, you know, thoughts lead to feelings. And so what are you thinking? If you're feeling fearful, what did you think? Did you think there was a snake in the lake? Right. Have you read an article <laughs> where there were snakes? Did someone tell you about that, Emily? Where do you think that came from? Absolutely. Scientifically, water moccasins will aggressively leave the shore. That is they true. Just, so it was, it was a logical fear. <laughs> It just was possible, not probable. That's true. If you walk through that. So what we want to do is we want to help kids acknowledge, okay, you're, did you see a snake? No, you were thinking of it. So it was a thought. And is it fact or fiction? It was fact. Mm-hmm. There could be a water moccasin. Um, is it possible or probable? So that's another good thing to walk through. Um, and it was... Ask me when the last time I went into Lake Travis. Was. Right. Just I mean, kidding. I, I, think, I think you kind of... Uh, started to avoid it you went in with friends but less and less I have to say (laughs) and then we want to empower our kids to um, rate the fear so we want to give vocabulary because Emily if you think about it oh my gosh I had no understanding of degree and and that's a regulation thing that is an emotional regulation that is a learned skill and some kids take longer to learn it and some adults never learn it right and so that is where that Fear can become worry, can become anxiety so quickly. And then it starts impacting your thoughts. Thoughts and feelings impact each other very strongly. So rate on a scale of one to 10, how fearful are you? How afraid are you? And then um, if with little kids, if they don't know numbers yet, is your fear up to your knees? Is it up to your weight? Are you waist? Are you all the way up to here? Um, Just trying to help them understand and articulate really recognize teaching them awareness um and then we always use the sentence feelings are real i see that you're um feeling that but not always reliable right because sometimes the thought behind it is not accurate or we put too much weight on it um and then we want to arm our kids with weapons we we're not going to live without fear but we can um cope with and overcome it so we want to help them face the fear Mm -hmm. And you can go back to cognitive behavioral parenting, catch it, see it, name it, claim it, catch it, see it, say it, weigh it, put it in its place. Um, And then uh, these sentences we use a lot when we're talking about feelings. I feel blank right now, but I won't feel blank forever. A feeling we have to remember is 
it's not part of you all the time. Yeah, I feel afraid right I now, feel afraid but right now, I, won't I won't feel afraid, afraid forever. forever. And that saying it out loud. Yes. Like are especially when you are in the middle of an unfun feeling. It is really hard. Like saying it out loud actually helps your brain. Yes. It's, it's re- significant. Like believe it. <clears throat> and then also recognizing a feeling is a state, not a trait. Mm-hmm. I feel it right now, but I won't feel it forever. And we say, you know, and I've heard mom say, I've probably said before, oh, he's he's a nervous kid all the time. Or Attaching he, you know, it to identity. We, right. Yeah. And so it's a feeling. It's a state, not a trait. And then we acknowledge that it's unfun. Feeling afraid isn't fun, I know, but feeling afraid can help me grow. How can it help me grow? I get braver every time I face a fear. Yes, it's developing resilience. Yes. And courage is not the absence of fear. It's the fight in spite of the fright. So we're not trying to never be afraid. We're trying to know what to do um, when we do feel afraid. If you are the mom, that one's in way easier to remember. What is that? Fight in front of the sprite. It, oh my gosh! Apparently not sprite. <laughs> in spite of the fight, fight. In spite of the fright. Emily, obviously, that is the fearless mom version. Because right. if I'm writing, I love it. It has to be something I can remember. I, it's yes, I'm appreciative. So it is. Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the fight in spite of the fright. Um, it's important for us to bring calm to the situation as mom. I have to bring calm. If my child is afraid, I have to make the decision to not feed the fear or accommodate the fear by getting wound up myself. And so I am a calm, assuring adult presence. Our kids look to us and read us for calm. So we check them. Are there monsters in the closet? No, there aren't. Let's check it together. Um, If your child is worried when you leave them at church, when you leave them at school, when you leave them at someone's house, mommy always comes back to get you. So I'm the calm presence. Let's see if the dog will come over to us together. I'll sit here with you. Um, And then sometimes we actually do play out the worst case scenario when your children are older. I remember Joe would say, what if somebody... Um, I was tucking him in bed and this happened more than once. What if somebody came to get me? I go, well, what if they did? Let's talk about it. First of all, the alarm is on. And so they couldn't get you out of the house. We would hear the alarm. Well, what if the alarm is not on? I go, well, our neighborhood has two entrances. And so we would notice and we would be able to come get you. (laughs) I mean, we would play it out, you know. Um, sometimes the worst case scenario, sometimes I'm not going to say that that's always helpful, but again, we're praying praying for wisdom. I'll tell you this, when we talk about being fearful and not wanting to go maybe to someone's house to play, we want to teach our kids to trust their gut. We don't force them to hug or show affection to anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we allow them to control that. Sorry. That's just a little caveat. I always I think it's a good one. And then we teach um, awareness of thought, have mindfulness as part of our routine, breathing and grounding, different activities that we can do. Um, We're very intentional about what we're reading with our kids. Emily, do you remember the boxcar children? Absolutely. And do you remember that you weren't allowed to read them? (laughs) Yes. I thought, oh my gosh, Emily will never go to sleep because she will think that, you know, the boxcar children, weren't they orphans? Yes. And they lived... In a box car. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't think that's setting Emily up for <laughs> her best sleep in the evenings. And so, 
and, and if you know your kid, then you you get to you know help control what they see and read, um, and listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, be aware of that where we can help their thoughts, and then um, going to bed. We always want to help our kids find calming places um, that bring them peace, so we can help them settle their brains and feel safe and happy. Um, breathing, square breathing, grounding activities. We have uh, lots of ideas on those. Um, and teaching the circle. I can't control everything. And so we draw a circle and we put inside the circle what we can control, outside the circle what we can't control. Mm-hmm. And then you make peace with what you can't control, but you control what you can. And prayer and truth. Man, we really believe in scripture memory. And if you look Absolutely. at all the memory verses we do in LHC Kids, it's usually reinforcing, like, what does a kid need when he feels blank? Right. When she feels blank. So scripture that reinforce that um, and prayers that they can say, you know, say together. But um, uh, scripture is super helpful. But when a child has these strategies, tools in his tool belt, wel- weapons, you know, in his arsenal, he's now able to. Um, be brave in the face of fear. That's what we want. We want kids to feel like, okay, this feeling is normal. Right. I can, we're going to normalize it and we're going to verbalize it. Yes. And analyze it. Shut up. Oh, hey, So that I can utilize it. Hey, You know, uh uh-huh. If it rhymes, then fearless mom. Well, right, because it's already unfun without attaching shame to it. Right, exactly. So then, so, um, Sorry, yeah. Start with validate, separate, educate. And now we want to evaluate what's your own response to fear. And this is not a, you know, I really had to dig into this one because obviously as a fearful person by nature, <coughs> excuse me, I had to analyze this. Interesting. Yeah. And, and determine is my fear, certainly it is impacting my kids fear. And so I had to be honest, humble, and then say, well, God will use it. You know, but and I had to acknowledge it and appreciate it mm-hmm. and not, uh, yeah, see that as like well, something that's guilt and shame. Right. You know, I, I had you to don't look want at it for it. your kids or you. Right. I had to look at my own fear with curiosity and compassion and whether and it's how a, it impacts your kids. Yes. With curiosity uh, and a, compassion. Yes. Yes. And so, and at 53, I'm still learning how to be brave in the face of fear. And that's what we can do it together. Absolutely. Well, and I think this is something that I feel very deeply, just this one thing. (laughs) Just this, we, I'm so glad (laughs) we found something that Emily feels deeply about. Okay, I'm so appreciative that my parents helped me develop self-awareness. I love that. Um, But no, this is something I feel really strongly about, Mom, that you do have these predispositions and you are my mom and guess what I'm gonna this is these are some dots I've connected in my brain so I'm just gonna say it out loud and hopefully this will encourage some moms who are like ha (laughs) and a lot of moms are ha yeah but I think I think of Esther 414 perhaps you were born for such a time as this God made you my mom me your daughter no and also made you with your predispositions, with your ability to think out worst case scenarios and every possible way something could play out, which allowed you to be really intentional and strategic um, and anticipate where I was coming from. <laughs> um, but 
he gave you your predispositions, me my predispositions, and gave made you my mom and me your daughter and all of that is by design and so like yes we have to keep it all in check and look at it but that's why I think we have to acknowledge appreciate and appreciate those predispositions and feelings and situations because it is all by design oh Emily we're gonna okay we're, we're ending today but next session when we next podcast when we talk about <laughs> good job mom yeah I'm so used to lectures next you know? episode next episode that's what it's called next episode I want to touch on the um the A's process yes since I keep only saying two of them yeah we're going to take a look at it and we will add it to our next podcast when we talk about sadness because it's uh, it's invaluable when you get to this evaluate uh-huh. place as a mom for me to say, okay, I need to look at my feelings and I could get stuck there in guilt or shame and try, you know, spend too much time there right. instead of saying this is the way I have handled it. And yes. now I can do something different moving forward. Yeah. So, And anytime we get stuck, we can be like, oh yeah, I can stick with God instead. Yes. yes. Oh, hey, look at you. We get stuck when you stick with God. That was good. I said that one time. Yeah. Well, we need to write that down. You need to say that again sometimes. <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you guys for joining us. And look, we want to encourage you. If you um, have a predisposition toward feeling fearful, you're not alone. And we don't know a mom who is not afraid. We don't. And it, it is. Uh, again, by design, your job is to keep kids alive right and it's a normal natural feeling when we embrace the responsibility of motherhood we say all the time the appropriate response is to throw up in your mouth a little bit mm -hmm. because otherwise is, you're oblivious it is overwhelming you're not alone but you don't have to stay there we want to help encourage you we want to cheer you on this community is to say hey you got this but we don't want you to stay there. We can right. get better every day. And um, our prayer is that you feel us uh, standing with you, walking alongside you. So let's pray together. I'm going to end with a prayer for you. God, I thank you so much for the gift of motherhood. I thank you for um, the people who have studied fear. We thank you for the people who have done the research on cognitive behavioral therapy. And we thank you, God, that you assure us in Scripture that we can change the way we think and we can change our um, our reflex toward uh, fear that we can we can work so hard to work on a response of faith and trust in the face of fear. Um, I ask that you hover over every mom and reassure her that you are her strength, you are her hope, you are her wisdom and that you will give her exactly what she needs to parent the kid that she has. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.